on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble! Good afternoon, and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell, and we're going to excite, entertain, elucidate, and educate you with news and exciting discussion about your favorite geeks. This is Fantastic Forum. Before we get to today's discussion, a few genre-related news items. HBO's Watchmen was recognized as one of the best, well, excuse me, as the best new series at last weekend's Writers Guild of America Awards. The show, which will not be returning for a second season, has been taking home a variety of awards this season. Disney CEO Bob Iger announced Tuesday on the company's earnings call that Marvel's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier premieres in August, while WandaVision will make its debut on streaming service Disney Plus in December. And for all you Star Wars fans, The Mandalorian returns for its second season in October. Earlier this week, in an incomparable feat of remote engineering, NASA completed repairs to the Voyager 2 Deep Space Probe, which is now back online and has resumed its mission to collect scientific data on the solar system and the vast realm of interstellar space beyond. Voyager 2 is currently about 11.5 billion miles from Earth. Yes, you heard it right, 11.5 billion miles. I can't even stretch my imagination that far. At that distance, Messages each way take 17 hours, meaning that a complete information loop takes 34 hours. The probe encountered problems in late January, immediately before it was scheduled to perform a maneuver to calibrate one of its onboard instruments. The precise cause for the malfunction hasn't been publicly identified. And some sad news earlier this week, as legendary movie star Kirk Douglas passed away at the age of 103. Over the course of his long career, Douglas starred in several significant genre-related pictures, including Disney's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and Spartacus, which he also executive produced. Today on the radio show, we're talking about, uh, well, we're talking about a number of things. Uh, notably, Birds of Prey, the new movie from DC Comics and Warner Brothers that opened yesterday. Uh, Birds of Prey, excuse me, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. But before that, here is the official Fantastic Forum review. Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn actually has very little to do with the Birds of Prey. The film could easily, and perhaps more properly, have been called The Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn and subtitled Birds of Prey. For those of you who aren't familiar with the comic book source material, the Birds of Prey were an all-female superhero team that featured Black Canary and former Batgirl Barbara Gordon in her guise as Oracle. One of the things that made the book unique and interesting was the backstory of Oracle, who was a physically disabled hero. This was a case in which the movie could potentially have benefited from being more closely aligned with the comic books. Many of the more well-received and successful comics adaptations are based on noteworthy events and stories from the original source material, or they at least use the source material as a roadmap. However, despite its shortcomings, Birds of Prey is an enjoyable film. It is fast-paced, action-packed, and doesn't take itself too seriously. The movie follows Joker Mall Harley Quinn, a.k.a. Dr. Harleen Quinzel, former psychiatrist at Arkham Asylum, as she strikes out on her own 
having ended her romantic relationship with the Clown Prince of Crime once and for all. Harley finds out quickly that there are advantages to having a homicidal maniac as your boyfriend. Turns out that everyone that she crossed with an axe to grind or a score to settle is gunning for her now that the Joker's retribution is no longer a concern. Margot Robbie reprises her role from Suicide Squad, and she's the best thing about this movie. Robbie throws herself into the role with a gleeful abandon. She also gets to explore the character to a greater degree, and the audience is allowed to see Harley's psychiatric training in use. But the movie isn't just Harley Quinn. Rosie Perez, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and Journey Smollett-Bell are Gotham City Detective Renee Montoya, The Huntress, and Black Canary, respectively. Rosie Perez is one of the best things about this movie also. I was less enthusiastic about Winstead and Bell, although, admittedly, their parts weren't quite as robust. Another standout was Ewan McGregor as Roman Sionis, the Black Mask, one of Batman's deadlier enemies. I really miss Batman in this movie, and hope that making movies about his adversaries doesn't become a trend, although this movie actually had some good guys in it. That's valuable to offer a counterpoint to the villains. McGregor is a skilled and experienced actor, and his performance lends depth to an otherwise two-dimensional character. Young Ella J. Basco is engaging as Cassandra Kane, and Chris Messina is excellent as the murderous Victor Zass. I was somewhat disappointed by the movie, given that both the writer and director were women, I expected to see more complete characterizations of the leads. What director Kathy Yan and writer Christina Hodson did offer up was an interesting perspective on the work that women do for which men take credit. But most of the main characters were too underdeveloped to establish more than a superficial empathy with the viewer. However, as I said before, despite its shortcomings, it's a fun movie. Things happen too rapidly for audiences to get bored and the action is continual. It is violent enough to earn an R rating and I don't think it had to be. It was a lot of salty language. DC seems to be riding a trend of making these R-rated supervillain movies. While that works for some characters, I find it misplaced with the Birds of Prey. You wanna do that? Then team Harley up with Poison Ivy. Now that would be a movie I'd like to see. It goes by pretty fast with a runtime of one hour and 49 minutes. But with the favorable ensemble, action, and Margot Robbie in the lead, I think audiences will embrace it. It's not exactly the kind of movie that you want to take kids to, though. <laughs> I can't, in good conscience, give it better than two stars out of four. But I think we can safely say that Harley Quinn is emancipated in a fantabulous way. And I hope the Birds of Prey get their own movie next time. Ulysses Campbell for Fantastic Forum. And there you have it. The official Fantastic Forum review of Birds of Prey uh, and the fantabulous emancipation of Har the, uh, wait, all right, wait, I, one look, the one you know I can't even keep this damn title of this movie straight <laughs> this is it's it's way too much you know anyway so uh, I am joined uh, today in studio for this scintillating discussion on uh, Birds of Prey uh, I'm not even going to attempt uh, the the uh, title the of this thing. And the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. There you go. All right. Thank you. All right. So I'm joined by uh, Julian Lytle and uh, Shireen Nicole and first timer to the radio show who has uh, graced the television version of Fantastic Forum, uh, Camille Richardson. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, the fantabulous... You know, wait, all right. Well, what did everybody think? You could just call and him Bob. You know. <laughs> <laughs> or the emancipation of Harley Quinn, because it really wasn't Birds of Prey. No, know? it really wasn't. I don't see how you can actually call it Birds of Prey if you don't have Barbara Gordon in the thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that she seems like a an absolutely vital component if you are doing Birds of Prey. But I had to look up uh, the various members of the Birds of Prey, because... It typically in the comic books had been a all female team, with the exception of Hawk of Hawk and Dove. Apparently, Hawk is like the one guy who he's like, you know, that guy who's the friend of the wife who crashes the. Because my my sister used to do this. She'd have you know like uh, ladies brunch, 
and I never got to go to ladies' brunch, but there was this one cat. He's coming who, through. Yeah, he was like coming to <laughs> pick up his wife, and he's like, yeah, sidle on up in there. Anyway, so Hawk is like that. But for the most part, it had been an all-female team. So anyway, uh, I was impressed with the roster of people who had been a part of this because I had no idea that the thing and it's been going since 1997 I believe was 96. when 96 there was you the go first one shot so oh. Dixon and uh, Gary uh Frank? Yeah, Frank. Gary Frank. Yeah, yeah. Dixon. Mm. Chuck Dixon Which is Gary why Frank. he got to do a thank you. Oh. That's why he got it for that first one <laughs> shot. Some investigating one had man's hell or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I was I was mainly familiar with. Um, uh, yes, thank you, thank you. I, you know, it's just uh, what can I tell you? It's been a rough day for me. You know, I had a plumbing <laughs> problem at home, and it's just like <laughs> socked socked the mind right out of me. But before we get into talking a little bit about the film, I, I do want to talk because the comic source material I think is important, and uh, you guys are all very familiar with it. You know, so I just I, I having seen the movie, I'm a little curious. Uh, what did you think about the movie versus the comic source material? And did you feel like the producers, uh, you know, the director, Kathy Yan, do you feel like they could have adhered more fully? Because I'll, I'll be straight. I mean, and, and I don't, we weren't really paying attention when the review played. But I feel like there are some comic book properties that really benefit from the, the you know if it's a movie if it's a television series they really benefit from following the roadmap of the original comic source material and I thought I, I actually the thing that I thought did that most importantly was um, uh, what you call it there um, uh, uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen because that movie was a mess but the comic book series was great yeah. and had they only followed that it would have been fine well same with x-men mm. well you know and it's funny because camille you mentioned that uh, the other night and i was um i you know i i enjoyed that first x-men movie i did not but nope yeah well i, I you <laughs> know 2000 i wish you listen i did that not enjoy it oh, oh. has been logan that's the only thing i've been Man. okay with well now don't get i enjoyed the the cold open that where he pulled, where little Magneto pulls the gate down when he was in the, oh, um, mm -hmm. when he was in the, yeah, um, the camp. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, one yeah, of the saddest know. things that was the, great casting, and that's wasted. Yeah, yeah, oh, that man. movie made me so mad. Well, the one thing, because at one point, uh, Wolverine. Because uh, so, he puts on one of these black leather outfits. He's like, you guys actually go outside in these? And uh, Cyclops asks him, what, you'd prefer yellow spandex? And I'm in the theater like, yes, yep. I would prefer yellow spandex. I'd at least I like prefer the beige. <laughs> but I didn't prefer yellow spandex, but the whole black matrix suit, I was like, you know. Well, that, it was um, <laughs> Ultimate X-Men. Anyway, though. It wasn't even, it was before Ultimate X-Men. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, was it Morrison's? Because I know Morrison did the same outfit. Was it after? Got it. Right. That's when we got a tall Wolverine for like five minutes, remember? Yeah, well, I, I <laughs> that thought... That was terrible. Since. Is I he thought, still tall? <laughs> He's been tall ever since. Taller? Not I thought he was tall, short though. again. Yeah, okay. They've been doing it better recently, at least with the Hickman stuff. <laughs> okay, you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA, 96.7 FM, and streaming online at WERA.FM. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined in studio today by Camille Richardson, Shireen Nicole, and Julian Lytle. And uh, I think we were, we're, we're apparently we're talking about the X-Men. No, we're really talking about Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I think I got called. that right. Yeah. So, uh, and That's I was just... definitely a Connor and Palmiati title. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, well, Bob. Yeah, well, so at least, at least they sort of borrowed from that but yeah I, I really thought I thought that this would have been it would have been a, I mean and not that it was a bad movie but I thought it would have been a better one if they'd have uh, adhered more closely to the comic book source material and I would like to know what you all think so Camille you have thoughts I clearly. feel like they did but only to the newer the newer books that have been out and obviously the Paul Miotti and the and the Connor material mm -hmm. so it was portrayed well in that sense but 
again, it, you can't really call it a Birds of Prey movie. It really is just a Harley Quinn movie, and they're along for the ride, and obviously we're going to set that up for probably another property going forward. And, I mean, the other hard part with not having Barbara Gordon is the fact that Batman has been so in the air with the DC property, and now we're recasting again, and we're going to be doing a new Batman movie, so it's kind of been difficult to introduce that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that I mean, it? Overall, you got more. I, mean, overall, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was fun considering what it came from. I mean, not my favorite movie of all time, um, but it and, it and it flowed in a way that I wasn't bored at any point. I thought Ewan McGregor's performance was easily one of the best, but I mean, he never really does wrong. Mm. Uh, my biggest issue was the fight sequences, and mm-hmm. I kind of felt like they were trash. Oh, and yeah. I feel like they're going to be harped on big time. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Shireen, what about you? And how? Um, well, and I, I mean, mainly, I mean, if you want to jump on the fight thing, that's fine. But I mean, in terms of the comic source material and okay. I mean, uh, the fight thing was a big problem for me um, just because these are the birds of prey. Black Canary is a martial arts master, but let's just make them all fight halfway and all the same. But, okay, so did I need it to be like the comics? I didn't necessarily need it to be like the comics, but what I did need, if I hadn't read the comics, is to understand who these characters were when I left the theater. And if you've never read comics about these characters, you have no idea who these women are outside of Harley Quinn. They are just basic, like almost ciphers. They've got a little bit of characterization and not much else. So that is more my problem than them matching up with anybody's particular run of uh, Birds of Prey. Um, they, I call them backup singers. <laughs> they're, they're Harley Quinn and the doo-wops. <laughs> Pretty much. Harley Quinn and the bops. Mm. And... Um, you know, that was my problem. Did I like the movie? It was I. Right. I mean, and I guess it was I right because it should be a movie that I love. Uh, certainly Margot Robbie does a great job as Harley. Mm-hmm. Um, seems to understand the character very well. Um, he, um, Ewan McGregor was great. A really interesting take on Black Mask, kind of like a uh, bipolar Black Mask, which was a nice foil for her manic uh, tendencies. Um, and I loved this take on Mr. Zaz, and then I'm at a loss, you know, because there's no more characters. They just didn't do much with them. Hmm. All right, uh, Julian. Uh, what do you think? Much like Camille, I think they did a good job of uh, representing the current DC Rebirth era, a version of Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, which is different from, let's say, New Earth. <laughs> Post eighty five, Barbara Gordon gets shot, uh, and then she's like a different character. Like Batgirl isn't as important to Birds of Prey in the current continuity as say Harley Quinn is because they knew it was in development, so they steered much of how the how the interactions is to be like this. So they kind of they pair together. It's much like. When you watch Shazam, that's not my that's not my Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the movie. It is a perfect representation of that comic book version. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and just not the original. It's, it's comic not. Yeah. I don't even like. It's just not any of the previous versions. I'm mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. So it's like all they represent the, the comic. Stuff. Yeah, like it is. It is comic accurate. It's yep. that DC reboots for a generation. So <laughs> this is what we this is what we rocking with right now. Right. You mm-hmm. know. Much like the Flash TV show is like Rebirth Flash. Yeah. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's Rebirth Flash before Rebirth even started. No, nah, it? it was, it it was, was the same it, time. It was like Rebirth and, and New 52-ish. Like okay. that whole setup with the, the, the reactor and all that stuff. That's, yeah, that's new Flash stuff. That's not like okay. classic. No, ah, it's, 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 I'm a stick in the mud, but I wear a bow, bow tie. And I hang out with Hal and we... <laughs> Yeah, it's not very. It's not very. Me and Batman, we talk about criminology. No, he's like, oh man, I'm kind of hungry and I love Iris, but can't talk to Iris. (laughs) 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 You know, I I need that on a T-shirt. Actually, I'm kind of hungry and I love Iris. Can I rock that? That's fine. So, basically, it's like when I watch it, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what comics you you're getting from, and I almost like, yo, if, if they salty. 
then they should be salty. <laughs> like, I mean, because their bank account, I know it ain't increased. I mean, it just felt like a missed opportunity for me. Like, I get everything you're saying, but I just wanted it to be better. Mm. Well, how do we think it's going to do? I mean, because well, I, yeah, that, well. that's Very kind of well. that's it's, kind it's of what I think too. Yeah, mm. it's not living up to the projections. So it's people, not. no, no, it's down by ten million. What? But yeah, 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 so, ten million is a well, lot. Well, it's only I'm Saturday. Surprised. You know, they already got the projections got out for tomorrow. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They already know yeah. what's popping. Mm-hmm. I want to see them global numbers, though. So, we'll see. It'll, it'll, it'll do fine. It might not do exactly what they want it to do. And then people will say it's a failure, but it won't be a failure. Because I think it's going to have a good long tail. The cosplay alone. Oh, Lord. The merchandise is going to be popping. They yeah. already got makeup out. So I know they have the jacket, the um, caution tape jacket is already at they like got, Hot Topic or something. They got all that mm-hmm. stuff out. They got yeah. makeup. They got toys. They got... They, yo, they eating. Mm-hmm. They're following suit with well, Marvel. Well, and, and, and I'm, uh, Camille, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was kind of where I wanted to go with this in that Marvel and uh, just... Those of you who are not of a certain age, you got to come along with me here because there was a point where DC movies ruled the box office and where Marvel made its impact was on television. Now, granted, that was 40 years ago and today... And then it's Blade the, happened. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, and then it's it's the exact opposite now where Marvel is ruling the box office, I mean, more than DC could have imagined, even though they got the thing started, and it's DC that is making the more significant impact via television. But where I was really going with all this was in terms of the way that the fans and the marketplace receive the DC properties, because frankly, it seems to me that... Uh, DC is scrutinized more closely than Marvel. Basically, <laughs> Marvel anything <laughs> Marvel throws crashing. up on it, it's like it's like throwing spaghetti up on a wall, you know. And people are like, "This is great! I love this." You know what you know? it is for me? What I love DC more. So it hurts more when they fail me. <laughs> like, you know, like the, the dude down the street, if he messes up, I'm like, oh, dude down the street, you're fine. <laughs> but if my brother messes up, I'm like, dude, what you doing? Why? That was my food you ate out the refrigerator. That's how I feel. Well, they made a huge mistake by trying to follow in suit with Nolan's Batman. Right. And when you pop out Man of Steel. Were we separated at birth? <laughs> <laughs> but that's been the biggest issue. The biggest. And when you start off. Man of Steel, in such a dark way, and then you you change mm-hmm. the essence of how that character develops his ethics, morals, everything. Mm. You have just ruined the character entirely. I mean, the fact that Jonathan Kent doesn't even want you to save the kids on the bus blows mm. my mind. I can't mm. even get past that. Or taking the most powerful moment away of the reason why he can't save his father is because he's having a heart attack, and even the most powerful man on this planet can't do anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, yes, he's just a terrible dog owner. Yes, Camille. So dumb. Thank you. Well, and good casting there too. We had good casting, and it's wasted. Yeah. Well, uh, James Rambo, uh, longtime panelist, I thought said it best when he described what happened with Warner Brothers with these DC properties. See, Warner Brothers is old Hollywood, and so Christopher Nolan made this movie that may actually a series of movies but they made a bunch of money and so this is what you do in old hollywood well there's this producer who has made these movies and they've made a lot of money we want you to run these movies because you made us a lot of money as opposed to you are the creative genius and what does he do well okay Batman dark. All right, we're going to make Superman dark. No, we no. can't do There's yeah, exactly. no gritty Superman. One no, is there's no One such is thing. dark side. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And it, it to me, it showed a fundamental lack of understanding of who the Superman character was. Absolutely. And yet, they still, Warner Brothers gave this guy the reins. And even through Batman versus Superman, have we ever actually seen Superman? No. no, no, not one. No. We barely He's got to see hope. him in Justice League, but it was so incongruent that yeah. mm-hmm. that it doesn't work. But yeah, you have Superman snapping necks. You don't have a Superman. No, and no. I, and I'll that's go Wonder you, Woman's job. I will go. <laughs> I will go you one better with this too, because I keep dropping names. Yeah, we might. No, Devon Sanders. 
So um, Devon asked me because I had seen um, Batman versus Superman. I'm sorry. And yeah, well, no. <laughs> At but, least we got one. Well, it was it was okay. It was a it was a press screening. I didn't I didn't didn't cost me a dime. But um, he asked me because uh, the um, young woman he was seeing at the time had two young kids. I think one was eight, one was five. And so he says, Yuli, can I take these kids to see Superman? And I oh, said, no. you know what? You, you really can't. No. And we, we lamented over what a sad commentary that was on that film that you can't take kids to see a Superman movie. So I mean, sad. that's, that, yeah. That's how the Shazam mm-hmm. movie. They have to be of a certain age because of you the know. way that they depicted the. Seven <laughs> I said you have to be you a know. little bit. Yeah, they probably had to be like ten or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe, mm-hmm. maybe even yeah, and that's a shame. Yeah, but you're right; it is a shame. I mean, it's a Superman movie. We grew up on them. Mm-hmm. Well, and something else, which I think is very sad, but I have noted in these comic book movies when I have gone, some people, and I believe it is the uninitiated. Uh, mundanes who simply know no better. They hear that there is a so-called comic book movie, and I'm doing the air quotes thing with my fingers, and so they take their kids. And this is how you get a five-year-old sitting in Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds said, please do not take your children to this movie. Oh, people are going to do it anyway, because, Shireen, it's a comic book movie. But you know what? That's uh, This is an aside, but actually, mm-hmm. um, one of my friends is a paraeducator, and she sent me, um, well, she sent me a message one day, and she said, "I just had a kid in my class draw a jigsaw." Wow. Mm. This is Jig- elementary jigsaw, school. Jigsaw, the from Punisher, saw. and no, uh, no, wow. from saw, no, from jigsaw the from the saw, oh, from the saw oh. torture porn horror movies. How old was the kid? Can't do the this. kid was um, elementary school, maybe third grade. Oh, wow. oh yeah, by that time I've always I always saw like all the Friday thirteenth and Friday the thirteenth thing. You're ruined. <laughs> Yo, I You're saw ruined. Man movies, <laughs> I saw man movies by that time. But yeah. Uh I I think that was more a Snyder issue. It was well, it started with Nolan. See what happens is But he was executive producer and Yeah, but what I'm trying to I, I, what what it I just it started with Nolan because Nolan is a very good filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So he's going to make it work. And then you hand the reins over to a Snyder and he can't do what Nolan does. I, and you start to go down the toilet till you get to Joker. I, I Okay. <laughs> I I we get are what not you're going s- down that yeah, rabbit yeah, hole. I get what you're saying. <laughs> Joker's <just>, trash. Joker's <coughs> trash. More than I he, that I learned. Well done, I don't trash. think Nolan had that much of an effect on it. Once, once Snyder, you gotta think, Snyder, but this time already did Watchmen. It did well enough. People, like, I spent a month fighting people to saying, like, Watchmen is trash. And they were telling me, like, no, Julie, you're crazy, you're wrong. But, so by this time, he, he, he built up credit. So this is his views on the world. He does read the books. It has, we've learned in the last couple of years through social media, not everybody reads these things the same way. No. So, they went their own way. They made a decision. They put their money in one thing. And you know what? To a certain degree, they was kind of successful at it. They made a lot of money. They weren't making Disney Marvel money because no one knew how to do what they were doing. No one had a plan. It's also real easy when you don't pay people what they work. <laughs> you can make a whole lot of money when you get a bunch of people who ain't got never did nothing before. And a bunch of actors you signed up for terrible deals. <laughs> It's all good if you want to play them like music industry tactics. Mm. You can get the real bread then. Mm. But okay, but people don't want to talk about that. No, we want to talk Except about Except for RDJ, he don't even want to really get money out here. Right. I, I Those abs- are two separate issues. Though. I absolutely think it that we want to talk about, I, you know, and I think we want to talk about that. That's a really good point. And it's something that I haven't heard anybody talking about. So more reason to tune into Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM. But look, we're going to have to take a quick break. Break. Because WERA is a community radio station. We're non commercial. We rely on the ongoing generosities of our underwriters, our sponsors, and listeners like you. So we're going to step aside to acknowledge our underwriters. We're also going to take the opportunity to promote some of the other fine WERA shows that are coming up. But stay tuned, because we'll be back with more Fantastic Forum 
right after this. And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum here on WERA 96.7 FM Radio Arlington. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I am joined in studio today by Shireen Nicole and Camille Richardson and the redoubtable Julian Lytle, who it seems does not like to have his picture taken. Uh, just note. <laughs> and we're talking about the latest, the greatest movie from DC Comics and Warner Brothers that just opened yesterday. It is Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Did I get that right? You did. Ah! Thank you. We win you. Thank you. Yes, you know. So... So, we talked a little bit about the original comic source material, and uh, we have uh, taught, well, okay, I want to move on to the actual film now, and we, we, uh, we did sort of branch out onto what we thought, how we felt, um, I, I'll just tell you, I, I didn't, I gave it two out of four stars, this film. I mean, Ooh. I thought it was. I thought it was Arsh. okay. Well, you know, I, like that's I said, fifty percent. That's not a fail. No, I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, it, it was. I mean, it was fine. I mean, to me, many movies rate two stars. That means you did your job. I mean, and it was. It was exciting. It was short enough that people shouldn't get bored in it. I thought many of the performances were good, uh, and I even accepted it as its own thing, which, as many of you know, is one of my pet peeves as a <laughs> comics purist. As far as I'm concerned, they could literally take whatever is in the comics, just throw that on the screen, and old Yuli would be just fine with it, and that is not what happened with this film. And personally, I thought the film suffered a little from that, although... Margot Rapp, Robbie, absolutely best thing about this movie. Yeah. Uh, second best thing I thought was Rosie Perez. But Margot Robbie, and I, I recognize this in Suicide Squad. She has just totally embraced this role, made it her own, and it's really beautiful to see, honestly, because she embodies... Harley Quinn. Absolutely. And I did not think after, who is it, Paul Dini and Bruce, uh, Tim. Bruce Tim created this character for Batman the Animated Series. And it was, it, it was, I think there were maybe two characters that actually came out of Batman the Animated yeah, Series. Wasn't like it two new and Harley? Yeah. No, it's Harley and Renee Montoya. Oh, Montoya was for the. Oh, okay. Really? Right. Yeah. I didn't think huh. she came up to the Batwoman comic. Really? No, no, she came up. She. I didn't realize. Wait, they saw like the production Central, materials yeah. for mm -hmm. her in the cartoon. She was always written into episodes. They were in production. Then the comic mm -hmm. people of DC decided to to pull her in the comics before the show premiere. Mm -hmm. So, oh, so, so readers will already if, know. Yeah, gotcha. they did the same process with with uh, with Black Aqualad. Mm -hmm. Oh, the designs was Black Aqualad. from Smallville. Thinks like. I think so. yeah, they, she was on the show, and then they folded her in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, also technically, uh, um, Superman's Jimmy also came from a radio show. This is like yes. a classic DC yes. thing, yeah, like, exactly. Lex yeah. Luthor actually came from the radio show. Like it was, <laughs> Kryptonite came from the radio show. This is like yeah. you use what works. Yo, yep. well, it's a team effort. You and, know, it's a team effort. And I but so that's what they need to get back to. It's, it's there. No, in it's the movies, it's happening. We can saw is a good it? movie. I know y'all ain't gonna find out. I only want to hear they like to enjoy this movie. I go back to one critic, and I need to find her name so I can tell you. But she said it was aggressively okay, and that is the <laughs> best description of this movie I could, I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, it's on Rotten Tomatoes. Just look up aggressively okay, you'll find it. <laughs> but um, but but, well, yeah. you know, it has to be said that the actors in this movie did everything they could with what they got. <laughs> and, um, Damn. 
And I think that... <laughs> wow. No, the, the actors did a great job. No, no I understand. Director, it just sounded bad. No, you know, that's well, it, like it aggressively okay. Yeah, it yeah. is. Because tight. there wasn't yeah. a lot that the birds of mm. prey were given. But I think Kathy Yan is a talented director. She Christina Hodson, no, neither of them have done yeah. a lot. Mm. But Christina Hodson did Bumblebee. Um, mm. She's going to be doing... What she got coming up? Bat, Bat, um, Batgirl, I think. Oh, or probably. I think she's got Batgirl coming up. She so they're they're very talented. And when I sat down and looked at what they do, and what this movie is, I had to wonder if the Warner Brothers execs didn't get in there too much, and that's mm, why we yeah, have this wildly swinging yeah. tone. Because I find that when you have this wildly swinging tone, it's usually because the executives had something to say, right? And, and it, they didn't let the creatives just it affects make the, the movie. integrity of the film. Hey, I, I just want to back up real quick though, because uh, kudos to you, Julian Lytle, because that's I mean, kicking the knowledge, man, kicking the knowledge, and. The connection between, say, the Jimmy Olsen character and the old Superman radio show, I mean, this is comics history. This is important, and it gives it offers perspective to people who are observing the whole industry today. So, um, just to bring everything back around completely, <laughs> uh, I was really impressed that because Batman the Animated Series, to me, is the truest form of batman that is the that is what is closest to what you can find in the comic books mm -hmm. and for them to have created this harley quinn character exclusively for this cartoon and the character ends up being so dope that <laughs> it, it, they bring it to the comic books that is well clearly not unprecedented because it's happened before but it only happens with characters that are going to be long-standing that you weave into the fabric of who these protagonists are. You know, that it, it become these characters become an integral part of their world. Hence, Superman's pal. You know, mm -hmm. so and and Ditto. I mean, and tying her to the Joker. Was genius. <laughs> who, who voiced Harley originally? Arlene Sorkin. She Ooh. needs a lot of credit too. She yeah. doesn't realize her fan base at all. Um, I used to work at a salon up in Silver Spring, and her mother would come in all the time. And one time she came in, Ooh. and I was kind of having like a oh my god moment, and <laughs> and she just couldn't believe that I was such a fan. Like she did not probably didn't realize. believe you actually knew who she was. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think she has any sense, to be mm. honest, of, of mm. how big that character is and how many people love her. Like, she's mm. very detached. Mm. And I know she's had a, had a lot of health issues, so that's also caused mm. her to be so detached. Wow. But the love for Harley Quinn comes a lot from her as well. Oh, absolutely. Everything yeah. that she did with mm. that. I mean, that, that voice, I mean, it's continually carried over. Yeah. 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 Well, in fact, even to Margot Robbie's portrayal. Absolutely. I love that she brought it in just enough here to really make it sing mm -hmm. she she really does have a good handle yeah. on her and a little more than what she did in suicide much squad. better Very than much. suicide squad yes. yeah mm -hmm. and I, mean, I like how they had kind of like an origin in this movie of her it was yes. like a little cartoon tidbit, but yeah. it was, that was nice. I appreciated that mm -hmm. very much. Mm -hmm. uh, that so was one yeah. of the best parts for me. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so again, like, let's remind everybody, she's actually a very smart woman who, you know, had a lot of credibility. Yeah, and that she's, was one of the best parts. The first time we're seeing her psych, um, her, her, the fact that she is a doctor, that she's a psychiatrist, this was the first time it's really coming through. I loved in some of those, like, really fast sequences where she just, like, kind of pops her head in and says some sort of psych thing about <laughs> how you're doing this and your behavior and why. What you're experiencing is the trauma. <laughs> yes. So your reaction of anger is coming from that. Okay, let's kill people. <laughs> That's great. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. I love that part. Well, you know, and that was part of what mystified me about the character. In fact, there was an episode of Batman the Animated Series. It was called Mad Love. Mm -hmm. yep. and, and then I did uh, the book, too. The oh. book was first. And they were and they were allowed to adapt it as an episode. Oh wow! Because it was a there was, there was a break. There was a break between Batman animated series yes. and Gotham Knights because they were working on Superman. Mm -hmm. So DC Paul Levitz was like, "Yo, make this book," and they did it. It gives you the origin of Harley, and then they was like, "Oh yeah, we coming back in production. One of these episodes, we're just gonna adapt our own book." 
Double checks. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got it because a lot of people didn't read the comic book version because right. you know mm-hmm. versus watching the, sh- the yeah. show came on like three thirty on the WB like that ain't right. going to the comic book store can't compete with that like everybody had TV so it's like yeah they got the show and then you get to that so like mm-hmm. yeah I got all the trivia today I guess oh yeah well <laughs> uh, what what got me was Britannica. you know when Batman tells her he had you pegged as hired help the minute you walked in the door I was like mm. oh crap you know I mean but you know that a that a woman as brilliant as Dr. Harleen Quinzel could have been so twisted by the Joker. I was I, I was syndrome. surprised about yeah, you know. There's a but, lot of issues mm-hmm. of trauma and violence there. Yeah. Joker's well, smart. But yeah, but see, and this is the other smart. thing though because I was I was mo- and I said this in the review because all right, I I think each of us tends to write to what we know, to our personal experience. Uh, make what we know and so that was one of the reasons why uh, with the Black Panther I thought it was very noteworthy that you had a number of people of color um, uh, black people behind the camera writing directing it, it directly influenced how good that movie was going to be how how it was going to be received by that community now in a similar fashion and they're doing the same thing with Master of Kung Fu. A lot of Asian people, you know. But I looked at this movie and the fact that you had a woman writer and a woman director. And I don't know, maybe... Women producers? The main producers of the film? Yeah, you know. I don't, so maybe my it, it got my expectations a little too high. That's yeah. why I think that the, the big wigs came in and messed with it. Mm-hmm. I think these women know what they're doing. Yeah. And I think leave them alone. Let them make you some money. Let them make yeah. this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you, I mean and we're of course we're speculating here because we don't have anybody from Warner Brothers. We can Brothers be pretty sure Warner Brothers as you mentioned that Rambo said and as Julian will tell you they are old Hollywood. Well, but where where I was going, I mean I'm not speculating that they intervened. Oh. What I'm speculating is how it happened because I, if I'm Kathy Yan, I say, look, Get out of here and let me make you some money. Right. Why are you messing with what but we're as doing? But you said, she's a young mm. cat. Mm. And, she, yeah. and, and so is Christina Hudson. And they're, they're building their career. And, and yeah. Was it Patty Jenkins for Wonder Woman? Patty Jenkins. Did she have a... We she, gotta go look. Right. About her. her Patty, how big was Patty Jenkins? Patty Jenkins had an Oscar nominated film called oh, Monster. Yeah, that's yeah. right. She did Monster. Mon- oh, I'm just, gotcha. I, I know there's a lot of things, but all those Marvel movies... Most of those directors is are young and untested, or they just did TV or something, no. and yeah. they get. Well, yeah, that's they, not after, what we're saying. But I'm saying is, we're saying DC will mess. Warner Brothers will mess with what you. I, but yeah. what I'm saying yeah. is, the directors don't even get to make their own action set pieces in the Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, but we're yeah. we're speculating it's a, it's a lot the same worse thing with, with DC. The Marvel I don't movies. think that happened. At least from the, from the interviews I've watched, until I see something later. Yeah. I mean, isn't Age of Ultron one where there was messed with so much with what Joss Whedon was trying to do? Joss Whedon is unhappy. Yeah, yeah. That was the saddest mm-hmm. movie I've ever seen. Yeah, he was unhappy. But that Suicide Squad, they messed with a bunch. Well, they, they brought they in a trailer Wonder company Woman. to recut Suicide Squad. I still want to see that original edit. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. So I don't think it's that different between the two. It just felt like, like a WWE like entrance video for right? every single person that would come in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Which would be fine. Like, I actually was okay with that part. Yeah, it's a music video. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But I think that I, but, I, I just think they, as we're right now, they're standing by their work. And until I hear something or read something different, I enjoyed it. I see everybody's faults with it. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay post blame right now. It's like, alright, you might just not rock with what they wanted to do. Maybe. That's what we're that's what we're questioning. We don't know. Yeah. Well that's why I say and in fact, heck, even with uh Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins, she said that whole uh, no man's land scene. <sighs> Apparently the Ivory Tower Incredible. suits wanted to cut that I know. Because that, that was, was that was literally the best scene in the that movie. That was the, the best scene. Yeah. I had tears yeah. welling up in my eyes, I swear to God. Yeah, it was you, great. You needed that. Yeah. yeah that you was know? your high. Let me introduce you to Wonder Woman moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but my point is and I, I don't know, I guess Patty Jenkins was better able to defend her work. I mean, because the other thing with Kathy Yan, you know, young woman of color. I mean, it's a wonderful opportunity for her. Yeah. And I've been reading quite a bit in the trades about, you know, these so-called, um, what, how, how, is, how is it they put it? Um, creative differences. 
it's like creative differences, and all of a sudden, people are parting ways, and you're yeah, no longer affiliated with this project. Rick yeah. from that's mm-hmm. the flash I wanted. Well, yeah, that movie, you too. That movie's in such development mess because of that. Curzy <laughs> Clemens was assigned on to be Iris, and we was about to get this this canical Iris West is black, and then now it's all up in the air. Now I kind of wanted this. You they know how it's a, a dramatic League. change that would be to like for an entire generation of people. The yeah, West that, of that black would, people. That would yeah. be like <laughs> John Stewart is Green Lantern. I think know? that's even different because like he's always been black. Yeah. But the West weren't black. But if like if she's black in the movie and a TV show, mm-hmm. yo, you need to she need to change the book. And well. she was <laughs> black in Justice League and they cut it. Cause mm. she was in it. Yep, she was, in, was it in it and they cut it. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They hmm. sure did. Josh hmm. was like, get you in here, you know what I'm saying? Hmm. But it was, it was okay, it was they made some good cuts. There was a scene where he saves her, and that's like, I guess that was their mute cute. Hmm. Yeah, and that it was got the cut. Yeah, that was yeah. the lead up. But mm-hmm. we also, they also cut out the ugly dark side, so it was all good. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that movie is like half promising and half a mess, and I think that's mm-hmm. the thing. It's like DC... Doesn't quite know what they want they to get do. It's a hodgepodge. They get it together? Well, they they are they want, getting it together. They know they want to make money. I mean, and, yeah, and yeah. which brings me back to my original point. Mm-hmm. As the creative who is in charge of the project, I'm saying, look, do you want to make money? Yeah. Well, then let me do my thing. Let you me hired me for a reason. She has the let, let me validate the reason you hired me. So now get out of my hair. There's a lot in there that proves that she knew what she was doing and that Christina Hudson knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know, like Julian said, but I have to wonder because some of the things that I see that are swinging so wildly usually Mm -hmm. don't come from a director. They come from too many heads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, we've only got a few minutes left, so I want to talk. if, If you're telling somebody about this movie, first, do you say... Yeah, you got to see this movie or not. And then what do you tell them if somebody says, regardless of whether you would recommend it, if they say they're going to see it and they ask you about it, what do you say? So, Julian? Um, tell them to go ahead and check it out. That I enjoyed it and that it's a, a fun time with a bunch of ladies beating up uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> He was phenomenal. He was so good. Yeah, actually, I'm going to lie. I might talk about Ewan McGregor for like 15 minutes. He was so he was good. He was so fired. good. Man, I'm like on the floor what, dying what of black laughter. mask have we ever yeah. seen? Yeah, like a new this. black mask. Man, That's the only black incredible. mask I want now. Hey, he with, without the, the shrunken head. Too, even doc- yeah. was it uh, Dr. Sleep? Yeah, yeah. yeah, such a good movie. He's yeah. he's, so, he's good. so good. But yeah. that shrunken heads moment where he like cracked that joke <laughs> yes. and he's like he's a thousand years old now he's on walk and look at him it was like <laughs> hilarious. I'm like, oh, I was what dead. is he doing here? I was dead. And yeah, so that was that was great. Margot Robbie and Ian McGregor. They were my two favorites. And Chris Messina as Mr. Zaz because listen, I've never seen this Mr. Zaz before either. Or yeah, how are you pronounce it? I think I yeah. think some people are gonna be tight. But I don't mind. I liked Montoya super, as well. Montoya, yeah. yeah, really liked her. Yeah. But you know, because Rosie Perez is dope, and she's been dope since her first Spike Lee oh, film. Okay, well, wait a minute. So, yeah. Shireen, what do you say? Do you tell somebody to see it? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> what up. I what I say is, you know, you've met me. You know how I am. You might like it. A lot of people are gonna like it. Mm-hmm. If you're a comic book fan, check it out. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're a, um, you know, if you're really into seeing woman supers, then you should see it. We want to support that. We want more of it. Hmm. Okay. All right. And uh, Camille, what about you? Do you recommend it? I'd what say do you say about it? Go see it, but see it like on a five dollar movie night <laughs> or like a matinee. <laughs> It's a fun film. It's yeah. fun, mm-hmm. and it, it you're not going to get bored. But I mean, I think I mentioned it in the beginning. One of my biggest issues that I think could be a big target for misogynists, um, mm-hmm. you know, calling out was the fight sequences. You know, mm-hmm. first issue is everyone fights exactly the same. Yes, and mm-hmm. I don't want this to be misconstrued because I have very strong feelings about women being equal and everything like that. But when you have a bunch of women who don't have any kind of muscle to them, padding nothing. And they are kicking these 250-pound men, and they are flying across the road. Mm. And then they get hit. They just fall over, or by a car. 
Yeah. <laughs> fall down, get right back up and start running. And I'm like, this is not believable. I want to be on board for this really high, you know, uh, girl power moment where Barracuda is playing. And, you know, and, and you're feeling it inside you and you just want these women to kick ass. But at the same time, you're just like, that's not believable. And mm -hmm. that bothers me. It, it pulls you right out of it. It pulls me right out of it. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's Target right there. And they're going to be people who mention that. And then that's going to be a whole thing just on women directing, women doing mm -hmm. anything. And it's like, why would you open that? as a place to have a weakness. Mm. And I'm very mm. strong about that because I had a friend, we were talking about Mandalorian and um, oh, uh, Gina, Gina Carano, right? And he was mm. like, do you really think this is believable when she's like fighting out some dude? And I'm like, Does are you kidding me? people up. She's an she's MMA, she's a former MMA fighter. Yeah. You've yeah, got to, he's like, yeah, but too. this is fiction. I'm like, so you don't think shock troopers would be straight up trained? Excuse but me? She's, but she's a girl, Camille. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I mean, this is a woman who held her own in Fast and Furious. She knows how to fight. Exactly. You see her fight. But like that's, what, Rousey and that's what I want to see in a female movie most men up. made by women. That's what I want to see. And that's why I wouldn't mind having Gina Carano or my she girl... Hulk. Uh, She-Hulk, exactly, or my girl Frankie Adams from The Expanse, be She-Hulk. Oh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen that yet. Oh. I've heard you the haven't things. seen The Expanse? No, the Expanse I haven't seen really really Just go yeah. see. I mean, Star Wars yeah. been like the last either. few months that uh, I'm on a whole mission yeah. at the moment. <laughs> go watch Clone Frankie Wars Adams clips yeah. from The Expanse. She, she or Gina Carano could be She-Hulk. Roberta Draper. Bobby Draper. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I. I. My I do. Girl, yeah. Marine. But there is one moment in the fight sequence where something is dealt with hair. And that made me very happy. That was happy. so cute. <laughs> that made me very because happy. Because they are real women. Yep. And I love mm -hmm. that part. But the fight scenes I'm with you on. Mm. The one thing that you guys should look out for, though, is it seems to be that they made this movie very specifically to split Harley Quinn off one way in a new movie and split the Birds of Prey yes. off one way in another movie and to build a universe for them. Hmm. So what do you tell people, Yuli? Oh, um, you know, hey, you can go see it. It's okay. I mean, give DC some money. Um... Uh, and then I would direct them to the review, which you can find on uh, fantasticforum.tv, or you can actually also find it on the website, uh, or, well, sorry, uh, the Fantastic Forum Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Fantastic Forum. Just out of curiosity, um, who's going to see it again? Any of you guys going to see it again? Nope. Eventually, I watched on TV. Yeah, well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't you watch. Know, it's like, but when it comes on cable. I'll I don't watch many like, movies you know, again. Because like, I got I got to see the part I slept through. Who got, who got time to watch <laughs> yeah. things over again? We almost got knocked. We don't have time. <laughs> who got time to watch do uh, things over again? There's too much new stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh wait, what? <laughs> Can I mention this? Oh yeah, sure. So uh, mm -hmm. I work at Phantom Comics in Dupont mm -hmm. Circle in DC, and I just wanted to kind of throw out there: we're gonna have Greg Pack. Signing uh, oh. for Darth Vader number one that just came out, which was incredible. Mm. Um, it's happening right after Empire Strikes Back, and he's really nailed it. And uh, that's going to be on Sunday, February 16th from 3 to 6 p.m. So it's definitely going to be something you're going to want to check out. We're wow. going to have a bunch of uh, trades and books that you mm. can pick up and have those signed Cool. As well. That's next week. That's It's also Katsukon weekend. So, so, you know. <laughs> I just got a box of delicious chocolates. Mmm. Just Valentine's Day weekend. It was beautiful. Oh, that too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> well, you know, some people are Valentine's having Valentine's Day. How yeah. about that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, you know. Uh, well, I, I am also constrained to point out that Fantastic Forum is also a television show. If you happen to be in the Arlington, Virginia area, you can check us out tonight at 8 p.m. on AIM, Arlington Independent Media, Comcast Channel 69, Verizon Fios Channel 38. And we're also on on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. So uh, if you happen to miss any portion of the show, you can check us out on Thursdays at 3 p.m. right here on WERA. And, of course, we will be back, same bat time, same bat station, next Saturday at 4. And you have a wonderful rest of the weekend. Thanks to my wonderful panelists. Camille Richardson, Shireen Nicole, and Julian Lytle. If you want to find out more about them, you can do that too. Uh, I've got uh, I got to get links to stuff. I got to get links. <laughs> anyway, uh, stay stay tuned for Ethiopia Diaspora, which is coming up right after this show. <laughs>